Good morning, Wilshire. We're grateful that you are with us this morning. Thank you for clicking on or tuning in or whatever it is you had to do to join us online. Uh, thank you for joining us for our prayers and our songs and our Lord's Supper. Uh, it is good to be together, even if we have to be together virtually. And the good news is, as you heard at the start of this recording, uh, we are going to be able to meet together next week. Uh, everything looks like that's going to be possible. Now, it is a limited kind of uh, meeting, as has been said. We're trying to take as many precautions as possible to keep everybody safe, but I am looking forward to being with you guys. Uh, it has been a long, long time. Uh, let me encourage everybody, if you're in the at-risk populations, uh, please make wise choices about uh, showing up for worship. Uh, but it will, it will be short, and uh, we'll take several precautions. So please, please, please take care of yourself. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, and uh, we are finishing up today our study of God as a rescuer. And I want to tell one of my favorite stories of God as a rescuer. Most of our stories have been from the Old Testament. This one is Old Testament and New Testament. It's the story of God rescuing us from death. Uh, we're going to look at several scriptures, but we're going to end up in 1 Thessalonians 4. So if you've got your Bibles, you might just turn there and be waiting for us when we get there. The problem of death is a problem that's been with human beings from the beginning. God tells Adam and Eve after they've eaten the forbidden fruit and he is explaining to them now, this is what life is going to be like because of the changes brought on by you trying to live independent of me. Uh, not being my image on earth, but trying to establish your own little kingdoms on earth. These are the things that will happen. And one of the things is this, you are dust and to dust you shall return. Uh, you are going to die. You no longer will have access to that which keeps your mortality at bay, the tree of life. Psalms 103 complains about this. The life of mortals is like, it's like grass, you know? Compared to us, grass is just here for a season and then it's gone. How many blades of grass have lived and died while you've been alive? Well, that's what human life is. It's like grass. It flourishes uh, like a flower of the field. The wind blows over it, then it's gone and its place remembers it no more. Ecclesiastes just kind of quotes Genesis 3, Ecclesiastes 3. All go to the same place. All come from dust and all to dust must return. This is the problem of death. All humans know death is coming. And we kind of live under this cloud. You could be happy. You could be sad. You could be healthy. You could be sick. You could be rich. You could be poor. But all human beings kind of share this. Death is coming for me. I know I'm going to experience this. The Old Testament is kind of cagey about uh, what God's plan is. Uh, there are some hints, but there's not a lot of clarity. On this mountain, Isaiah 25 says, He will destroy the shroud. The NIV uses the language of the grave cloth. He will destroy the shroud that enfolds all peoples, the sheet that covers all the nations. He will swallow up death forever. 
The sovereign Lord will wipe away the tears from all faces. He will remove his people's disgrace from all the earth. The Lord has spoken. And then the next chapter, your dead shall live. Their bodies shall rise. You who dwell in the dust, awake and sing for joy. For your dew is as the dew of light, and the earth will give birth to the dead. These are these hints of what it'll be like. Scholars dispute. Uh, what is this? What are these passages about? Are these just talking about the national, you know, coming back to life of the nation of Israel rather than individuals? I don't know. The language is is hinting at something. The clearest thing we've got in the whole Old Testament really is in Daniel chapter 12, verses 2 and 3. Multitudes who sleep in the dust of the earth will awake, some to everlasting life, others to shame and everlasting contempt. Those who are wise will shine like the brightness of the heavens, and those who lead many to righteousness like stars forever and ever. That's really the, one of the clearest passage we have, I think, in the whole Old Testament, saying, yeah, God has a plan to overcome this thing called death. But what is that plan? Well, the Old Testament, like I said, is very cagey. It hints, but it doesn't reveal God's rescue plan. To get the big reveal, we have to get the gospel of Jesus Christ. Like so many other things in the Old Testament, to get the rest of the story, we need the story of Jesus Christ. And that story gets told in its fullness first on the day of Pentecost. Uh, Peter gets up uh, and uh, preaches the first full gospel sermon on the day of Pentecost. And as he's winding up, he says this to the assembled crowd, which was huge at that point. Fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. This man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge, and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death, because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. And now we start to see the amazing plan that God has by raising Jesus from the dead, by sending Jesus who death literally cannot hold, God sets his rescue plan in motion. Jesus conquers death by going through death and coming out into a new situation, a new kind of life, which we call the resurrection life, a kind of life that is past death, and so death no longer has a hold on it. One human being, at least, has gone through this. Well, that's powerful that Jesus could be rescued from death, but that's only the beginning of God's plan. As it begins to unfold, we see this. Jesus makes a, his resurrection makes a promise for what's going to happen to you and me. Paul says it this way in 1 Corinthians 15. Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the firstfruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through a man, the resurrection of the dead also comes through a man. For as in Adam all die, 
so in Christ all will be made alive. But each in turn, Christ the firstfruits, and then when he comes, those who belong to him. That's pretty powerful stuff. Jesus is the one who by going through death makes it possible for you and me to come out of death ourselves. By coming into this new kind of existence, the resurrection life, no longer subject to death and decay, Jesus makes a pathway for you and me to go through death and come out into the resurrection life, no longer subject to death. 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 and 14, Paul begins to expound this idea. He says, brothers and sisters, we don't want you to be uninformed about those who have died, those who sleep in death. We had Christians who had who died and they were worried uh, in those early days. I think there was a hope, maybe no Christian, the first generation will be the generation when Jesus comes back. Maybe no Christians will ever die. Jesus will come back and we'll all go to be with him. But that's not what happened. And as Christians got old and started to die, as happens, they were worried. Well, does that mean they missed out? Does that mean they're just not going to get to see what happens with Jesus? No, Paul says. We don't want you to grieve like the rest of mankind who have no hope. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again. And so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who have fallen asleep in him. If anybody's died, if you're a Christian and you've died, then God has got a plan to bring you with Jesus. What's that going to be like? Well, that's the rest of the passage in 1 Thessalonians 4. According to the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left until the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede, go ahead of, those who have fallen asleep. In other words, those who are already uh, dead will go ahead of us. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet call of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. After that, we who are still alive and are left will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Therefore, encourage one another with these words. We will either be raised out of death or we will be changed to be like Jesus. Brothers and sisters, that is good news for you and for me. Every one of us in our lives have people that we look back and we, we, we have lost. Some of us have people that we never got to know. They were gone before we were ever aware of them. Some of us have experienced loss recently. Some of us have experienced loss uh, in the far past or the middle past. But what this says is this. Death is an awful enemy. It is a gloomy enemy that comes for us and takes away our loved ones. But it is not an invulnerable enemy. People think death, people who have no hope think death is the worst thing that can happen to you. And it is not at all thanks to the power of Jesus Christ. You, because of Jesus Christ, will go through death 
come out of death, be raised, never to die again. Better than that, those who you've lost, those who have gone before, that you miss now, they're, they're going to be waiting for you. They are going to be there ahead of you. And, and you will see them waving you forward. Come on up. Come on here. It's great. That's the hope we have. All because Jesus Christ was the rescue plan of God. Live powerfully in that hope this week, church. And I'm looking forward to seeing you next week. God bless you all. Bye-bye.